0: nowhere you said nothing till you. you said love our little conversation drifted just like the tide thought I had passed my station and you were taking me for a ride but now you talking my language maybe now we getting somewhere you said something when you said love mm-hmm.
1: Thank you. You are listening to WETF, the Jazz Station in South Bend, Indiana, and this is the Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark and happy to be back with you this week. Hope you're having some good jazz experiences during your week and hope you enjoy the program today. We're going to be focusing on the great tenor saxophone player, Chew Berry. Leon Berry was his given name, and he was born in Wheeling, West Virginia in 1910. He, uh, was raised, I think, in a pretty middle-class upbringing. He had good musical training, and uh, he started playing with bands by the time he was in his very early uh, 20s, in fact, even a little bit before that. He started making recordings in New York from uh, about 1929, 1930, played with a succession of Harlem bands. His first really big-name group was Benny Carter's Orchestra. Benny Carter, for the rest of his life, was a big fan of Chew Berry. Berry sort of uh, followed on the heels of Coleman Hawkins, who was the unrivaled master of the tenor sax uh, up until he left for England in 1934. And uh, Chu got to record with him on the Spike... uh, Hughes recording sessions that were done mostly with Benny Carter's band in 1933. Spike Hughes was a British uh, bass player and jazz writer who also did some composing and arranging, and he came over and uh, did a couple of sessions with some great Harlem musicians who sort of organized around the core of the Benny Carter band. In those uh, sessions, Chew Berry, uh, definitely came off second best to Coleman Hawkins, as anyone would have, but he certainly showed promise, and by the time Hawkins had... Uh, moved on to Europe uh, in 1934. He stayed there for about five years. Uh, Barry was poised to kind of uh, take over the mantle of the great uh, trend-setting tenor saxophonist in jazz. He was uh, playing with Teddy Hill's band for a while in 1934-35. He joined Fletcher Henderson's band at the uh, Grand Terrace in Chicago. We've done a podcast of that group before. got to hear a lot of Chew Berry on those recordings. Uh, and then he left... Um, Henderson to go with Cab Calloway in 1937. Calloway's band was much better paid, uh, had much better engagements, and he featured uh, Barry quite a bit. In fact, uh, Chu was one of the first musicians to join the Calloway band from that period who Cab actually listened to uh, in terms of uh, musical direction and so forth, and he got him to uh, add more instrumentals to the band library and uh, generally improved the direction of music in Calloway's band. The first two tunes we heard were from right about that time, uh, March 23rd of 1937. I believe he was still with the Henderson Band at the time, uh, or had just left it, perhaps, and was just about to join the Callaway group. This is uh, a session that was done by Chewberry and his Stompy Stevedores, so-called. There were actually two sessions done under that name, and uh, this was done for the Variety label. It featured, in addition to Chew on tenor sax, Hotlips Page on trumpet, we've done a little uh, odd and ends uh featuring uh, hot lips page including one with pete johnson and hot lips page he also sang on the second tune which was now you're talking my language george matthews was on trombone buster bailey was on clarinet horace henderson fletcher's brother played piano and is also responsible for the arrangements we're hearing lawrence lucy on guitar israel crosby on bass and cozy cole on drums as i said we uh, uh finished our little two-set set with Now You're Talking My Language with a vocal by Hot Lips Page. That was a song uh, by Ted Kohler. And uh, we started out with what has become a jazz standard, Indiana. That was actually the first tune ever recorded uh, by a jazz group. The original Dixieland Jazz Band, 1917. It was not released at the time, uh, but it was a brand new tune at that point. And uh, since then, actually since the 1930s, or late 1930s, it's become a standard. Back in 1937, it wasn't all that uh, common to record that tune so we heard some excellent tenor sax playing as we would expect along with contributions by all those musicians I just mentioned What I'm doing today with these Chewberry recordings is I'm focusing kind of on the recordings that he made in tandem with Hot Lips Page because he made two um, small group sessions uh, under his name and one uh, with the two of them, at least we think it's Hot Lips Page, under Teddy Wilson's name. We'll talk about that a little bit later and we're going to throw in a couple of other things for good measure as well. So for our second set, we're going to hear two more tunes to round out that March 1937 session. We are going to hear Limehouse Blues, which was a feature for uh, Chew Berry with the Cab Calloway Band. He also recorded it with Wingy Minone's orchestra, um, and probably that was the best of all the versions, but this one is very good as well, and features Chew and Buster Bailey quite extensively. And then we'll finish up that set with Two Marvelous for Words, that session, I should say, and another Hotless Page vocal. Then we're going to go on to that session I just mentioned that um, Teddy Wilson and his orchestra did. Of course we know the Teddy Wilson sessions from uh, the various Billie Holiday recordings, but Wilson recorded a number of sessions without Billie Holiday, including this one. This one was apparently not thought of as a success because I don't believe any of the titles were originally issued. Um, in fact, a couple of them were remade uh, a couple of weeks later uh, with um, uh, Teddy, uh, with the Teddy Wilson Orchestra featuring Billie Holiday, this session features a, go- a vocalist named Sally Gooding, who is uh, an effective singer, not a great one, but she does a pretty good job, I suppose. And this was done on December seventeenth of nineteen thirty-seven, and we think it's Hot Lips Page. So the muted playing certainly sounds like him on trumpet. Uh, Chew Berry on tenor sax. Pee Wee Russell is on clarinet, an interesting choice. Um, you have to wonder if maybe this is why the session might not have been released. Pee Wee was uh, a, a very original stylist, even. 1937. We'll hear some very unusual but compelling clarinet solos on these sides. Teddy Wilson, of course, on piano, Alan Royce on guitar, and Unknown Bass and Drums. Could have been any of the various players that Wilson called on for this series of recordings. Nothing in there that would give their identities away. So we're going to hear uh, three tunes from that session. We're going to hear my first impression of you. With a Smile and a Song, and When You're Smiling, and all those three tunes by Teddy Wilson and his orchestra, featuring Hot Lips, Page, and Chewberry. So those are our five tunes for this set. Limehouse Blues and Too Marvelous for Words, Berry and his Stompy Stevedores, and the Teddy Wilson Orchestra, My First Impression of You, With a Smile and a Song, and When You're Smiling.
0: Let's
2: in grumbling when raindrops come tumbling remember you're
3: the one
2: who can fill the world with sunshine when you i a song.
1: That was a good start on getting a handle on how Chewberry Berry played. He had a technique that was really remarkable for a saxophone player. We think of Coleman Hawkins, and he could uh, do practically anything on the saxophone, but it always sounded like he was doing battle with it. Uh, with Chewberry, Berry, there was really no struggle at all. Uh, his sound was compared to uh, a roller, a paint roller, or an otter swimming in water. It was just so smooth and so effortless, uh, and his breath control was so extraordinary. He could play m- immensely long lines. Uh, improvising without pausing to take a breath or break the line. And he became a very uh, influential saxophone player during the 30s. Uh, Before Coleman Hawkins came back in 1939, he was really considered to be uh, the pretender to the throne, I guess. Lester Young had just come around, and he was, of course, starting to make noise. And you had people like uh, Ben Webster and Bud Johnson, Dick Wilson, people like that. Prince Robinson, even, and uh, they were all very fine players in their own right. But Shuberry was really uh, a very finished musician as well. He was a very good reader, uh, and uh, apparently he was quite a, a leader in his own right. He had he knew his own mind, and he wasn't afraid to express his opinions. and uh, People listened to him. He had that sort of quality in his playing and in his personality as well. So we started out with uh, Chewberry and his Stompy Stevedores, the two tunes to round out that May twenty third, nineteen thirty seven uh, session for Variety. We started with Limehouse Blues, which was a great uh, example of his playing at its fastest. Just about. We also heard Buster Bailey on clarinet and Hot Lips Page on trumpet, with a little bit of George Matthews playing trombone there around the corners as well. Then we finished up with Two Marvelous for Words, vocal by Hot Lips Page, and um, that was done by Johnny Mercer and Richard Whiting. It was a fairly new tune at the time, and jazz players hadn't quite got hold of that, but a very good performance there as well, and we are also reminded that those arrangements were probably done by Horace Henderson, who was probably the equal of his brother Horace in the arranging department. Um, their work has gotten mixed up from time to time, in the charts that they did for, uh, for Fletcher Henderson's band and also for Benny Goodman's as well. So from there we went on to that unreleased session done by Teddy Wilson and his orchestra, uh, presumably for ARC or Columbia, but unreleased until many years later. We heard my first impression of "You" with a smile and a song, both of which folk, uh, featured vocals by Sally Gooding, and then an instrumental version of "When You're Smiling," kind of a brisk version that was obviously inspired by the Louis Armstrong recording from 1929-1930, which was much more stately uh, than this performance was, and a uh, few future performances of that song always tended to emphasize speed more than uh, more than grandeur, I suppose. So in that band we heard Hot Lips Page probably on trumpet. There were certainly a couple of passages that sounded very much like him, but there were also a couple that didn't, so not sure about that. Pee Wee Russell did some extraordinarily interesting clarinet work. Um, he was obviously being recognized as an individual player, uh, even at that time, as a white uh, clarinet player who was sort of uh, orbiting the Eddie Condon uh, style, even in 1937, to be picked by Teddy Wilson to play on one of these sessions was really a, an interesting uh, thing. And uh, Teddy Wilson obviously heard something in Pee Wee that he liked. Berry on tenor sax, of course, Teddy Wilson on piano, Alan Royce on guitar. Don't know who's on bass and drums. So, as I said, at this point, Chew uh, Berry was playing with the Cab Calloway Band. He stayed with him for the rest of his life, which unfortunately was not very long. Uh, he died in a car accident uh, on tour with the Callaway Band in October of 1941. So he was uh, quite young at the time, he obviously had a lot more playing to go, uh, and it's interesting to think where he would have gone from that point. He certainly wouldn't have stayed with Calloway forever. Uh, presumably, he would have been making some small group sides in the 40s and Maybe even sort of uh, leading on to bebop the way that Don Bias did, but uh, only only conjecture at this point. So we're going to hear one more tune from that Teddy Wilson set. We're going to hear, I Can't Believe That You're In Love With Me, to round that out. And by the way, if I didn't say, that was on December 17th of 1937. And then we're going to uh, jump over to two tunes that uh, Berry recorded with Lionel Hampton. And Lionel Hampton had a, a concurrent series of recordings going for RCA Victor, actually Bluebird uh, Records, the same time that Teddy Wilson had his and Billie Holiday hers and Fats Waller and Red Allen and all of these different players, uh, but uh, the Lionel Hampton one series tended to be more jazz-oriented. It featured the leader playing vibraphone, piano, and drums, but he always got very interesting jazz musicians, and on some of the sessions that were uh, more organized, the music was really of a very high quality we're going to listen to an unusual session in this series. It's unusual in the fact that it only has one horn, Chu Berry, and so it's a very good example of his style. This was done on April 5th of 1939. We're going to hear two tunes, Sweethearts on Parade and Shufflin' at the Hollywood. Sweethearts on Parade uh, was a Carmen Lombardo tune that, again, Louis Armstrong had uh, put on the jazz map, but this is a absolutely storming performance. It has almost a boogie shuffle feel in there. Um, It was really unusual for 1939 to have this type of rhythmic feel, and Chewberry is featured all the way through. He plays pretty much from beginning to end. I think he takes a break during uh, one of Lionel Hampton's solos, but behind the vocal, uh, he's riffing behind the piano. He just really just is is, is on fire on this take. And in addition to Chewberry and Lionel Hampton, we're going to hear Clyde Hart on piano, Alan Royce on guitar, Milt Hinton on bass and Cozy Cole on drums. I may be repeating a couple of tunes on uh, this and another podcast uh, devoted to Chewberry that uh, I may have played on the Clyde Hart podcast about a year ago, but uh, they're worth hearing again. So... Those are our tunes for this session. Actually, we're going to have uh, a couple more on there, too. I forgot to mention. We are going to go to Chewberry's last session as a leader Chewberry and his jazz ensemble. These were recorded for Commodore. Uh, he did two sessions for Commodore one featured Hot Lips Page, which we're going to listen to today, and one with Roy Eldridge, which is going to be on my podcast a little bit later. So Chewberry and his jazz ensemble here. Hot Lips Page on trumpet and singing. Chewberry on tenor. Clyde Hart on piano. Clyde Hart really got around in those days. He he was a remarkable piano player, and I would. Suggest so go listen to my podcast uh, of his last recordings, which uh, were done with a, 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 quite an array of jazz uh, stylists from Joe Marsala to Charlie Parker, uh, and with Ben Webster and some other people thrown in there in between. But uh, take a look at the Jazz Focus podcast on Anchor.fm or Spotify or Apple. Also, we have Al Casey on guitar. He had been Fats Waller's guitarist for many of his great recordings. Al Morgan on bass and Harry Yeager on drums. These were done in September of 1941, Uh, so just about the end of his life, Chewberry's life. He he was, uh, as I said, killed in that auto accident just about a month, month and a half later, so this is kind of a valedictory for him. So we're going to finish up that five-tune set with a ballad feature on the sunny side of the street, And then a nice jam tune, Blowing Up a Breeze. Uh, I should mention a couple of these tunes. Sunny Side of the Street and one we're going to hear uh, to round out the program were done on 12-inch 78s, which were larger, and they had a a capacity to hold about four minutes of music, whereas the 10-inch ones that were more common for jazz recordings only held about three. So a couple of these tunes will be a little bit longer, give you a little more time to enjoy Chewberry. So those are our tunes for this set. With Teddy Wilson and his orchestra, I can't believe that you're in love with me. With Lionel Hampton and his orchestra, we're actually going to do Shufflin' at the Hollywood first, followed by Sweethearts on Parade, and then Chewberry and his jazz ensemble on the sunny side of the streets, and Blowin' Up a Breeze, all featuring the great tenor sax of Chewberry.
2: Through, those sweethearts on parade How they smile as they pass me by Those sweethearts on parade I love to join their fun, but they bomb me It takes more than one to make an army do to do duty. I, I find just to fall in line with the sweet on on brain
1: We have Chewberry and various groups featuring mostly Hot Lips Page on trumpet. So we started out that set rounding off the Teddy Wilson set from 1937, and that was um, uh, the tune I Can't Believe That You're In Love with. Me, and that uh, featured a little bit of Pee Wee Russell and Teddy Wilson and Hot Lips Page as well as Chew Berry. Then we heard those two tunes from Lionel Hampton and his orchestra, April 5th of 1939 for Victor. We heard Shufflin' at the Hollywood and Sweethearts on Parade. And as I said, that Sweethearts on Parade was just a dynamic performance by Chew Berry. He never stopped. He played completely, I I would say incessantly, but that would be a negative term, and this is certainly a positive term uh, that uh, he deserves for his efforts on that tune. So, fantastic performance, looking ahead, I think, to different styles of jazz that were to come after 1939. And as I said, if uh, Chewberry had lived uh, a few years longer, he might have been in on the beginnings of bebop. He probably wouldn't have been a, a bebop player, but he was Even uh, having died a few years before, he was influential on some of the bebop uh, musicians at the beginning of that period, particularly Charlie Parker, who named his son Leon in honor of Chu Berry. He uh, was very impressed with uh, Berry's uh, facility and uh, delivery and harmonic knowledge and and many of the things that bebop musicians prized in their own uh, performance. So we also heard at the end of that session, we or at the end of that set, I should say, we heard On the Sunny Side of the Street, a really beautiful ballad performance, obviously done kind of in the style of Coleman Hawkins' Body and Soul. When Hawkins came back in 1939, he immediately retook the crown of the greatest tenor sax player, and really one of the greatest players in jazz at the time, and his recording of Body and Soul was uh, earth-shattering, earth-shaking for uh, jazz in general, and tenor saxophonists in particular, and Chewberry recorded several ballad performances in the that style and we heard on the sunny side of the street that was one of those longer performances that um Really, he filled up all almost four minutes of that. We had a little nice little guitar solo at the beginning by Al Casey, and we heard some very, very good Clyde Hart on piano in there as well. Those were done, or that was done, for Commodore in September of 1941. Then we finished up with Blowing Up a Breeze, which was a sort of a themeless uh, variation on Gershwin's I Got Rhythm. I Got Rhythm had already become a jazz standard at that point, and a jam session standard, and here was an example of that, featuring Chewberry and Hot Lips Page. So before we finish off that session and this program, I want to thank you for joining us. You are listening to WETF, the jazz station in South Bend, Indiana. This is the Jazz Focus. I am John Clark, and we are listening to Chewberry Today. And if you like Chewberry, do check out my podcast. You'll see another uh, Chewberry uh, tribute uh, with many of the uh, musicians we've already heard, but doing different tunes on different sessions. So take a listen to that. Very well worth uh, going back and listening to Chewberry. So we're going to finish up with the two tunes that balance out that Commodore session from September of 1941. G Baby, Ain't I Good to You, which is a bluesy performance uh, tuned by Don Redman, originally for the McKinney's Cotton Pickers Band. Here we have a vocal by Hotlips Page and Great Playing All Around. And then we're going to finish up with Monday at Minton's, another jam session favorite for you. So thank you again. This is John Clark and the Jazz Focus. <laughs>